0: that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DDW, required, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On all things franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballestetos.
1: Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballestetos. I am your host today. Thanks so much for finding some time out of your busy day to spend with me. So today we're going to be talking about mastermind groups. Now, if you are a business owner, I am sure that you've heard of mastermind groups. I read an article recently that said the concept of mastermind groups was first introduced by Napoleon Hill. In his book, Think and Grow Rich, which I think was written back in the 1930s, he described mastermind as a group of at least two people who come together with the aim of solving problems. It went on to say, the beauty of mastermind groups is that participants raise the bar by challenging each other to create and implement goals, brainstorming ideas, and support each other with total honesty, respect, and compassion. So you can see that it's, if you're wanting to grow your business, sometimes um, we, we tend to silo ourselves. And that, when I say that, I mean that when we're running a business, when we're an entrepreneur, then all we have are our ideas. But being a part of a mastermind group certainly allows you to tap into other business owners' experience, their ideas, their concepts. And that's where the raising the bar comes from. So today my guest is David Letourneau. David is an expert in franchising. He has been a franchisee, a franchisor, and a franchise consultant. He's been around the block or two, I am sure. Today he is the chairman of M3Linked Franchise. Unlike traditional networking groups, M3Linked community members benefit from leadership-focused on helping helping them move the needle. And there again, we point back to the raising the bar, moving the needle in their personal and professional life. Please help me in welcoming David to the show. David, welcome to All Things Franchising.
2: Thank you, Linda. It's my pleasure to be here.
1: Well, I am really glad that you're here because I tell you what, David, like most other business owners, I have been to a couple of networking events, and I and I belong to networking groups before. But I tell you, I just walk away many times feeling like um, that that time was not well spent. So before we get into uh, into what exactly M three Link has to offer. Tell me a little bit about your history and what drew you to M3Linked.
2: Uh, sure. Thank, thanks. Yeah, I, just quick Cliff's notes. Uh, I grew up uh, farming. My dad happened to be not only a farmer, but also owned the John Deere dealership and GM dealership in a small town. In addition, had a water well drilling uh, operation. So he was uh, very much an entrepreneur. So I kind of grew up just with the idea that, well, you would probably just go into business, kind of thing. Uh-huh. And uh, so that—that that was a little bit of my background. Uh, I bought my first franchise when I was 13 years old. It was a Honda motorcycle dealership. And so, uh, so from there, uh, I've been uh, kind of around the block in franchising and uh, opened a a, a, rep, a restaurant. It was my first bigger business in franchising. Uh, uh, it's actually over 40 years ago now. So, uh, so. A lot of experience in that. I got invited to M3 by a good friend. And at the time I was in the uh, we were franchising a construction operation uh, and uh, uh, when I first was shown that, I thought, honey, a franchise a construction business, but we' yeah. got over a hundred hundred lo- over a hundred locations in five years Wow uh, today a uh, year or two later they're doing over uh, two hundred and fifty million now. I had an unsolicited offer to buy my position in that and it, uh, and I happened to already be an M3-linked member, but anyone can be invited as a guest to M3-linked, but only those that really fit the culture get invited to be members. Uh, In Mm -hmm. any case, I got invited as a guest, and my friend was kind of describing what it was, and that's what reminded me when you were describing, you know, transactional networking, because that's kind of what my vision that he was describing to me was, and I just looked at him and I said, Craig, you know, I like you, but... I would rather get a root canal than go with you yeah. to the meeting you're describing. And so yeah. he, uh, he, he he stayed with it and said, no, you'll be glad you came. And of course I went, was very impressed. I walked in the room and realized, Oh, th- actually these are my people. <laughs> these are folks I uh-huh. do want to meet. And, uh, and, and the format was brilliant. Uh, had gave us the opportunity to meet, meet people in a really, good way so that we could understand who was in the room and that way we don't need to try and meet 50 people and wade through and find the three or four or five that might be meaningful for us to meet with today Uh, so that that worked out really well so like I say became a member and then uh, had the opportunity to uh, get involved in the in the company and now I took it over as uh, and we're franchising it across the country and then around the world so that's that's where we are today
1: Was it franchised at the time you uh, visited and became a member?
2: No, one location Uh here in Arizona. Yeah just, yeah, just the one the one community. And of course now we're in uh oh, we're in Washington DC, Tampa, Chicago, uh Philadelphia. We're soon opening in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Palo Alto, Atlanta, so on. Uh we're going right across the country. So uh so no, we uh I, I took it to uh the franchise level, which is kind of what I've done in a number of instances before. And I'm so biased to this industry, Linda, I have to tell you, I love your show from that standpoint. I mean you know franchising i 've been an independent on several occasions uh, i've been in, i've had the good fortune of being in my own businesses since like I said, I was really young and went to college and all that and had a job for oh maybe three years after that early twenties in my own business ever since and
1: mm-hmm.
2: i i wouldn't trade it i wouldn't trade it for anything but independent business has gotten harder and harder and harder, you know, I don't want to be negative about it, but I like to compare it to this Linda. Uh, you know, I'm old enough to have, when I opened that first little business, when I was just, just a kid, really, I was 13, but I needed some money for inventory. I had to, you know, you had to order a motorcycle, right. And my (laughs) dad co-signed for a bank at the low at a loan at the bank. And I was open for business. I didn't, I, I didn't have a business license or any kind of permit. I, I I, had a bank account that my dad helped me open, and that was it. I was open for business. And today, you just think of what you have to go through to open a business, you know, and then Yeah, things have changed and, just you know,
1: a bit, haven't they, since the Just a little. Day, it's gotten sure. a lot yeah.
2: harder. So that's what <laughs> yeah. biases me to franchising, is the fact that if you can open a business that's already got a proven plan of action, processes, systems... Already proven that people like what you're doing and that they'll come, you know, come and give you business and uh, you know open their wallet for you. That is worth mm-hmm. a lot of of stress reduction and loss of sleep goes right yeah. there with that whole franchise yeah. operation.
1: Absolutely. So, David, when um, you have been in franchising in the past, clearly, what was it about the M um, three model that you thought? I think this needs to be franchised.
2: I, having been, my two main industries, Linda, that I've spent my career in, the first was food, as I mentioned. I was in in everything from fast food through to steak and lobster at about 17 restaurants. And that was up until the early 90s. Then uh, I kind of switched uh, out of that business and I got into real estate and construction uh, here in uh, Arizona and Southern California. And we were building apartments. We were buying a lot of apartments to start with, condos, doing condo conversions, that type of thing. Now, if you look at those two businesses, I, I, I view business as it's problem solving. And so problem, what are the problems of a restaurant business? Well, employees. I mean, just straight up. I mean, I love employees from a standpoint. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great ones out there. You know, 90 some percent are awesome and it's those others that kind of throw you off a little, but, uh, employees, uh, leases, <laughs> location, you know, there's a bunch of things mm-hmm. uh, that are that are troublesome. Those are the problems you have to solve. And like I say, I made a lot of money at it. So I don't, I'm not negative on it. I'm just pointing out the, the reality of of being in business. Well, the reality of the construction business, you know, my next business for 20 years was the fact that, you know, that that is a business of solving problems for sure. And so, uh, so you, you're, you know, you're dealing with sub trades, you're dealing with suppliers, you're dealing with, you know, Clients that you're, you're now in their most intimate space. We we weren't in commercial that much. Uh, this is after apartments. We get into custom homes and remodels and so on. And so when people are remodeling their home and somebody unfortunately you know drops a hammer on the new countertop, you know there's a lot mm-hmm. of stress going on. So let's look for a minute. In fact, Linda, I think I sent you a copy of my book uh, I wrote mm-hmm. here a couple of years ago called "Own." The perfect business now i wasn't pointing to any one business, I was pointing to the concept so if you're to think of what what got me going on on this was one day I was thinking I think you know I've been in business for forty over forty years what are if I was to find the perfect business what what would the attributes be and so each chapter in that book outlines the attributes of a perfect business if there was such a thing, right? And so I started mm-hmm. with, you know, chapter one is you got to love what you're doing. <laughs> you know, I just, mm-hmm. is, is it a given? Oh, well, it actually isn't. A lot of people jump into business because they think they can make money at it. Well, hopefully you can make money at anything that you love doing. But you got you to gotta love what you're doing. And then from there it goes through. And, you know, if you could make as much money without employees as with employees, you'd have a business with no employees that's rhetorical same with leases and real estate if you could you know the perfect business would have no obligation to pay rent every month and it would have you know it would have uh unlimited upside opportunity so again saying if you could make the same money without all these things as you could with them which would you do and of mm-hmm. course it's you'd, you'd be it's mostly describing what would business be best Without one of the things that would be best with, of course, is recurring revenue, and that's kind of become the the holy grail in business and uh, is if you can find recurring revenue where you've got everybody's visa card and it goes through every month, and you know at the beginning of the month that you've got your overhead covered, you've got a you know you know you can take money out of the business for your own things and and a profit and all the rest of it, that's amazing. And there are a lot of mm-hmm. businesses that qualify. So I, I went through and outlined it all. At the end of the book, when I was finished writing the book, I realized, you know what? I really have described M3Linked as a business. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's thinking of franchising, they should take a serious look because as a business, it's amazing. From a member's viewpoint, it's also amazing because of, as you said, the mastermind and the ability to meet amazing people, connect with people that you really need to get to know, that type of thing.
1: So let's talk about that membership piece first, David, because when I look at networking groups, I tell you what, I struggle in finding a group with the type of members that I want to surround myself with. I'm looking for members who have been in business longer than I have, have been more successful than me. You know, they always say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So, David, (laughs) how do you attract those members that can bring that to the table that would entice me to even visit?
2: We figured out how to invite those exact people you just described, and so we we have figured that out. And when they enter that room, as I said, I got to that room, and I, I've been really fortunate. I've had some really good success, and so that's why I'm a little more picky. I've got 4,200 uh, contacts in my phone, so I don't need to go to a networking event. Uh, mm-hmm. What I and I told that to this fellow that invited me. I said, "Greg, I don't need any new contacts, you know." And mm-hmm. what I didn't realize was what I really was saying. If I would have refined it, and thought about it. What I really was saying is I don't need another bad contact. None of us right. do. But boy, a great contact that could move the needle for me and my business. Mm-hmm. We all could use those. I don't care who you are. You could be, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Bill Gates. <laughs> he needs mm-hmm. another good contact tomorrow, but it's just a little different level. So we're all that way. So here's here's the, the secret sauce that we have. And it was brilliant. It wasn't me. It was It was my partner, former partner that now we're, we're separate, but, but uh, he figured out that what was important was who you don't invite. So mm-hmm. when, when I say anybody can come as a guest, those that fit get invited to membership. So the, the people in the room that are, that do get invited to membership, it's, and it's a, it's the majority, Linda, let's face it. People are wonderful. And yet, mm-hmm. there are a number of people, and the way I like to describe it the simplest way is there are a number of people around that they brighten up the room when they leave mm-hmm. <laughs> so that mm-hmm. that's who we, right. we we would not we, we don't we don't invite those to membership, and so right. we do end up having this this amazing bunch of people that when you Meet with them, whether today, of course, it's virtual meetings, but uh, Mm -hmm. up until March, it was, we were very proud of the fact that we were very analog. (laughs) We met in person only. But Mm
0: -hmm.
2: when you meet, let's say you go in a room with 50 people and the other 49 are all thinking, uh, you know, kind of thinking, Now, how could I help Linda today? Right. That is energizing in an enormous way. And we figured out how to how to pour gas on that fire. And so that's where the other piece of brilliance is this. We don't insist on any of our members doing anything specific. They don't have to come to the meetings. They come when their schedule allows. They don't have to give referrals. They don't have to do a certain amount of business or do this or that. They don't have to do anything if they don't want to. So where that comes as a huge positive is the fact that every time we get together, and in our case, we have one or two weekly meetings, and we have Mastermind, and then we have a whole menu of other things that happen irregularly. But those are the two steady things. The weekly meetings that happen, as I said, Because people don't have to go, we have way more members than we have people in the meeting. For here in Arizona, as an example, here in Arizona, I think we have 1,000 people in the community, and we have 50 seats at the meeting when we're meeting in person. We have about 40 if we're meeting online. So you can realize it's different people every week, but they're all cool people that you really – well, not all. They're all cool, but some of them might not be cool to you. Point being, there's going to be a whole bunch of them that that you would want to meet every time you go. Mm -hmm. And even as a guy that once I got into the business and was there every week, it was a year and a half later, two years later, I still go in the room and there's people I haven't met yet. Number one, mm-hmm. there's guests every week, so that adds. But but there are people that just have I just haven't happened. I just haven't happened to meet them before. So yeah. you've got this huge number of of people you can meet. So we found a number of things that seem to really resonate with people. And you mentioned mastermind. That's one that's near and dear to my heart because I pioneered that program for us. And uh, when you talk about Napoleon Hill, I I think of you know a couple of his quotes were number one. He said it was the ninth key to riches. And then mm-hmm. he also said that you'll get more done if you ha- if you are in business center and are in a mastermind you'll get more done in a year than you would in a lifetime otherwise and mm-hmm. it, there's a couple parts to that you've got eight to ten people that are holding you accountable we 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 put these groups together with eight to ten people they meet every month for a half a day, so not a big time commitment, but they hold you accountable because you're always you know sig- saying each each month, you say, you know, what do I want to get done next, next 30 days, what I do the last 30 days and accountability. And then you've got people, as you said, that pile on with the ideas, They're, they're diving deep into your business with you to, to, to brainstorm and help you come up with the solution to your problem or ideas to expand your success. So it's, it's magic. And it's, you can't. It's so lonely as an entrepreneur if you're just going to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have mm-hmm. one or two employees or ten, but you're still the one that's paying the bills. So it's nice to get together with others that are uh, living that, and so yeah. it just makes for a really energized environment.
1: Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. So, David, let's talk a little bit about what the franchise opportunity looks like. So if I just left corporate, David, and I don't have any clue on how to run a group, would I be a good franchisee for you, or who is it specifically you're looking for that would be a perfect franchisee for m 3
2: we think our perfect franchisee is firstly someone that likes and that would make a great member of the community so they they don't have to have owned their own business before we've got franchisees that are literally owning their first business is m3 uh, as their business but they're curious about business they know enough about business to you know to uh, know that they would like to be an entrepreneur they have an entrepreneurial bent if you will And so who that would be typically would be someone that uh, if they've been in corporate America on the what I would say the hunting side as opposed Mm -hmm. to the counting side. So if it was, you know, the, the person in the office that never had to go anywhere to generate income for that company, big or small, then we'd have to look closer to see do they have the ability to make it happen if you will. Do they have that kind of in their DNA or are they really, you've got to bring it to them and they have absolutely got the ability to keep it organized but they don't have the ability to make it happen because even a franchise does not deliver every client and every dollar for you. Even a franchise can't do that. Uh, The franchisee Mm -hmm. still has to go out there and make it happen each day. Um, It would be somebody like a former coach or even an existing coach. Somebody that's got, Mm -hmm. you know, that that ability to talk to people to see where they could help them, a connector type person, you know, a person mm-hmm. that just likes people enough to say that, you know, they meet you, Linda, and they go, oh, Linda, I met somebody yesterday that you could really be helpful to her. They could be helpful to you. That, mm-hmm. It just has that attitude. So mm-hmm. that's really it. Uh, young, I, I I think they would struggle if they were under maybe 25 or late 20s. But I think anything you know above that, with no kind of almost no limit on the upside, as long as we got energy, and uh, male female no difference, uh, all those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's a wide a wide range uh, that work. It's very much a white collar type business this is, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. it's really gratifying from a standpoint of you're working with these high energy, positive, outgoing people all day every day. It's what you do. I call mm-hmm. it our so-called work. <laughs> I, yeah. I call it so-called work, you know? Yeah,
1: I, I like that. I like that. So uh, if I have no ex- past experience, David, what training are you going to provide for me to make sure that I am? Is that role somewhat like a facilitator?
2: No. Um, it, we we We, of course host the meetings. Now, we have two levels, really, if you will. In our franchise, we we, we are looking for area developers. So we're looking for people to not do one community just necessarily. They might be in a smaller city that really will be one community mostly, but we're mostly looking for those that would have two, three, four, five, six communities. So they will have a uh, uh what we call an executive director that actually runs each community now an executive director can run two so if they're in a, in an area where there was going to be six communities of n 3 linked uh then they would have probably three executive directors and uh and they would oversee it all they may be an executive director themselves particularly to start so that's that's their option if you will so uh, mm-hmm. so it it it's really that person that um like I say, would stay organized, uh, loves people, wants to be in their own business, it it requires a really small amount of capital compared to the potential for upside, which you and I, Linda, as being seasoned uh, franchise people, if you were to ask us about a new franchise, the first two questions we pretty much want to get answered are, how much does it cost to get started and how much can I make,
0: (laughs) right? Those are kind
2: of the two two that we want to get right away Mm -hmm. to to prejudge whether we want to look any further. Well, anybody that got those two answers about our particular business, uh, once they have those two answers, they'd be really excited about Mm -hmm. what's in front of them, you know?
1: Right, right. And
2: as I said, we we come close, I believe, to being the perfect business because of the attributes Mm -hmm. of it. You know? so, and so so. Let's uh,
1: let's talk about that training, David. What is a, oh, um, a new yeah. franchisee? Mm-hmm. Let's see what that looks like.
2: Yeah. So we have we have we start with uh, about two and a half days in our head office in the Detroit area, and uh, and so we will introduce you to a bunch of the people that will be supporting the franchisee and walking them through all the pieces of it. Then. Uh, then we will mentor them through, because, as you know you can 't learn a whole business in uh, uh, two or three days you can 't learn it in two or three weeks you're going to need to do that as a ongoing situation, and so we will then assign them a mentor that will work with them, be on the phone with them then when if you know once we get back to meeting in person again and they own their they start their first Physical meeting, we'll be there with them, with one or two or three people, uh, to help them execute on that. If it's a virtual meeting, which of course is what we're doing today, obviously we will be there to uh, help them with that meeting. And we just we, it's the beauty of the franchise business. We get the fact that our franchisees and us as a company are joined at the hip. If they're not successful, we're heading in the wrong direction. We are not going to be successful. So we are. We don't make a penny of income other than what comes through our franchisees. So we're, mm. and, and every franchise is like that, which is why I'm so biased to franchising. It's one of the pieces that I talk about in the book, Own the Perfect Business. I outline everything and say, if you had all of that, now here's the icing on the cake. If the last piece you added to it was it had all these great features and it was a franchise, wow, now you've got it all. And that, right. I, that I feel strongly about that. It's really tough out there to start a new business without somebody at your side. So we are there to train people. Of course, needless to say, we've got a complete processes systems. We run the central registration websites. So our franchisees don't have to worry about the, you know, the running uh, websites and landing pages and credit card processing, all of that. We do all that for them. And that's a well, major, that's major piece. So basically do their back office for them, if you will, so they can concentrate on what makes this business tick.
1: Right, right. You mentioned that in the past that your chapters, if that's what you call those, that um, you would meet in person. So does that mean that your franchisees have to have a storefront or have to have office space? How does that work?
2: That's a good question, and it's an amazing, again, an amazing feature of this business. Because of who we appeal to as members, we are really attractive as a group to come in to, for instance, a co-working space or a uh, someone that wants to have traffic through their through their place. So, so far, we haven't had to pay rent. And the reason that we haven't is, for example, a co-working space. Uh, here in Arizona, we're at MAC6. Give a little shout-out to them. They're a wonderful operation in Tempe. And uh, they have a nice meeting room that's plenty big for 40, 50, as much as 60 people. And uh, when we're meeting in person, we meet there once a week and we have that room for a morning on Tuesday morning, it is here in Arizona. And we've got that meeting room. They're happy to give it up because we bring, as I mentioned, 50 people that are either starting, own, expanding, growing a business. And that's who they lease space to. (laughs) So Mm
1: -hmm. they're quite
2: pleased because, some of them rent space from them. Some of them come back and say, "Can I rent a meeting room or a, a desk for a month or a year or, or whatever?" So, mm-hmm. in most cases, uh, we do not expect to pay rent, or even, mm-hmm. or even have to. You know, now we do want to sign an agreement so we know we're going to be there for a year at a time, kind of thing, in the same space because it's not comfortable to people uh, to move around and figure out where the meeting is this week. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we do mm-hmm. try to try to keep the moving uh, down. But uh so far that's worked. No problem at all. There's there's yeah. a significant number. Our Tampa location meets uh above a bank. They opened a oh beautiful space. Uh they opened it for they call it uh what do they call it? Their community room, I think they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh and they're mm-hmm. just generating traffic so people are you know, it's a it's a small regional bank and uh mm-hmm. all this traffic coming through, again, they're perfect customer. Absolutely. Kind of
1: great great yeah, so partnership we're, we're there. About it.
2: Oh, yeah, it's a great
1: partnership. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we Absolutely. just call it a
2: sponsorship. So, needless to say, we promote them. You know, we, we put their name on the screen every single time we get together to say, hey, remember, you know, these, these guys are our sponsors. So, we
1: right. make sure we exactly. give them the,
2: the credit back as well.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, David, I need to take a quick commercial break. But I love stories. I think that stories tell so much. Do you happen to have some stories you could share with us when we come back from break?
2: I love stories. (laughs) I will think of one.
1: (laughs) Okay. Very good. Well, folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll be back with more from David Letourneau and M3Linked. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. Linda Bayestetos here, and I am joined with David Letourneau with M3Linked. Uh, David, before we l- broke for commercial break, I asked if you had some stories. Before you share those stories, if someone's listening and you really intrigued them, how would they find out more information about M3Linked and that franchise opportunity?
2: they can go to our website linda to start with m the number 3 the word linked l i n k e d .com so m 3 linkedcom they can go there they can go through the whole website which has a lot of information if they're interested in the franchise side uh they should uh uh call you <laughs> but uh but they can also learn more about it by going to uh, build a community uh tab there as well and um, and a lot, lots of information there. Of course, we're on all the usual social media channels and, and so on. And anyone that would like to come as my guest to any one of our sessions in any of the cities we're in, uh, in fact, right now, we're, of course, we're going to remain virtual. That's one of the little pivots and serendipities we've gotten out of this whole COVID situation is we're now virtual, never were before. And quite honestly, uh, our, our business has expanded immeasurably as a result of that. But anybody that would like to come as my guest, love to, love to just uh, offer you that opportunity. You could send me an a email at just at david at m3linked.com is my email address. And I'd be more than happy to uh, hook you up with the uh, local community, wherever it is that you would like to attend. It doesn't have to be in your own town. Wonderful.
1: David, you also mentioned your book. Where would someone get a copy of your book?
2: Uh, they can get that on Amazon. Um, I'm trying to remember. On, I know we have the Audible version is on Amazon as well, uh, Kindle as well. So that's probably the mm-hmm. best is Amazon. Uh, they can get and it directly, but it's it's easier if they go to Amazon.
1: And the name of the book again?
2: Own Business. And um, my name is, of course, spelled L E T. O-U-R-N-E-A-U. Pretty easy to find, though, when you go uh, yeah. into Amazon, put own the perfect business, it should pop up.
1: Wonderful. I can't wait to hear some of these stories, David. You ready to share with us?
2: Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take you back in time first. I was a young guy in the restaurant business. And, of course, I'd grown up in like I said, osmosis, you know, a lot of business by osmosis. And I just remember my mom and dad always talking about business and saying, you know, the customer's always right, you know? And so I, I really thought I was honoring that in this restaurant and and uh, you know, it didn't matter what happened. I was always just making sure that customer was treated with just just the best. Well About a year into it, we were a pretty late night place. Uh, We were open till three in the morning, four on the weekends. Mm -hmm. We served pizza and pasta and steak and ribs and so on and so forth. This night, it was about two o'clock in the morning. It was our busiest time of the day because the bars all closed and we were one of the few restaurants open in that town. And it was very busy. And there was one fellow in the dining room that had quite a bit too much to drink and he was being kind of ornery. And uh, the about the second person or third person that came up to me and said, that guy's just, you know, he's really bothering us and other people and whatnot. So finally I went back and grabbed, didn't grab him physically, but just talked to the guy and I said, excuse me, sir, you know, you need to come with me. And uh, he said, uh, what do you mean? I said, well, you need to you need to just leave. You gotta get out of here. And so I brought him up front. He was kind of yipping at me, of course, the whole way. Brought him up front because in those days we had the cash register up front, and I needed him to pay. So I said, okay, you owe X dollars. You paid me, and uh, and then he started to get belligerent. And as he was going out the door. He's going, and I'm never coming back. And, of course, by then I've got my dander up a little bit, and I'm yelling back at him. That would be too soon. And he <laughs> and he says, and I'm going to tell all my friends. And I said, if they're anything like you, I would appreciate it if you would tell them not to come here.
1: <laughs> and
2: he leaves. The door slams, and the entire dining room erupted in applause. <laughs> So the lesson is: most people are wonderful. Treat them that way; they will treat you that way in your business. There are exceptions, and so I don't know if you're a Dan Kennedy follower. I'm an avid Dan Kennedy follower. Mm -hmm. He talks about it: is there are customers you need to fire. Yeah. So whatever business you're in, there are customers you need to fire. Now, in our case, as you know, we try not to let them in in the first place. We don't take all people. So, yeah. so we've tried to figure that in in advance. But for those of you out there that already have your own business, or if you're thinking of being in it, the customer isn't always right. They're usually right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's yeah. my one little story. If you've got time for one more, I've got one Absolutely. that I think is instructive. Um, because we are all in this business of we need more connections. We do. So we're out there, let's face it, we're out there trying to meet people. Well, what we have found in this business is, and the story revolves around one of our members that joined has probably, it's probably a year and a half ago now, roughly. Uh, I won't say his name, but a, a great guy here in Arizona. He came in there, sharp guy, and he got the concept immediately of how you really, Uh, what I would call or what Dan Kennedy would call magnetic marketing, the idea of how would you attract Mm -hmm. people to you so that you don't have to try and get around that room. They'll want to come to you. Well, in our format, each person has one minute to do their little elevator pitch. We call it the M3, what you've mastered, what's your mission, and what are you motivated about. And uh, in any case, he did a beautiful job of talking about how he works with startups, how he's done a lot of startups. He's had exits in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, and he's on his, I think, ninth startup at the time. Okay. And so on. He just, But it was beautifully done to the point where he, every single time that he came in that room and did that, there was people that came to him and wanted to uh-huh. talk to him. And uh-huh. so my my lesson for people out of that is to say, Rather than think about if you're, whether it be you're talking to one person or a room full of people, if you take the approach of first approach is how can I help you, it's amazing how people will come to you on that basis. If they feel that you are going to add value for them, they want to talk to you. Now, the end of the story, or as Paul Harvey would have said, the rest of the story is this, mm-hmm. that over a period of, oh, only the first six months of being with us, he was sitting on, I think, about five boards. He was in several different companies. He got a chance to invest in some of those companies. at Just really nice uh, investments. He, one of our members met a fellow that had an amazing invention. And he said, you've got to meet this guy. And he, he, he literally flew in to meet him from another part of the country, came in to meet him. It is an amazing product. He's in the process right now of taking that company to the next level. And he really believes strongly, and I, I do too, believes strongly that it's a unicorn. I think this is a company that it's, mm. it, it's going to sell for over a billion dollars uh, probably in the next three to five years. He put all that together just by wanting to help people. And mm. like I say, somebody introduced him to this fellow said, you need to meet this guy because he could help you. And he's Mm. probably going to make a a big amount of money out of it and have a bunch of fun with it. So it's a great approach to meeting people. You know, how is it that I can help you? And when you find out that answer and do help people, it's amazing how they want to help you back.
1: Mm, Most definitely. Is it Zig Ziglar that says the best best way to get what you want is to help enough people get what they want?
2: It is him, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I love that. I believe that 100%. Did you?
2: I did. Uh, He was speaking and and we got a chance to be in a sort of a backstage event and you know what was amazing? There's that guy, if you ever had a chance to see him or you've seen any of his videos or whatever, uh, just crazy high energy and a lot of really smart things to say and when we met him backstage, he's the quietest unassuming guy. It was Mm -hmm. just terrific. Right,
1: right. Yeah. I had an opportunity to speak at the uh, Zig Ziglar headquarters in Dallas and I met his son and some of mm. the other key players in his company Tom. after he had passed with Tom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that yeah. was uh, quite an honor for me. So i tell no you questions. what, David, we have run out of time here and I can't believe that. We're down to those <sighs> final three questions. And the first one is Uh, You've been in franchising long enough, so these questions are going to be pretty easy for you. If there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process?
2: First, I'd say figure out that this is a business that you would love to be in, Mm -hmm. and then be ready to do a bunch of research. And the main part of that research, besides the obvious, is to talk to other franchisees and to start to understand what does a day in the life of a franchisee really look like? Not what I think it might be looking from the outside. What does it really look like? Because it's always a little different than you think.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you can get um, a slightly different answer from two different franchisees. So it's good to uh-huh. speak to yeah. multiple franchisees. That's a really good, exactly. really good answer yeah. there. The second question yeah. here is, what are two traits that make a successful franchisee?
2: The ability to follow instructions, or the almost the eagerness to follow a proven pattern. Of, uh, a, a you know a track's been laid down. Will you stay on the track? That's the first one. Mm-hmm. Second, second one would be: Are you a team player? Do you like to run with a pack? We, we, most people do way better running with a pack, and they they don't necessarily have to be out front. They might not want to be at the back, but I just call it running with a pack because it's just so much more fun to share our success. So I think those those would be the, the two I'd say are important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love both of those because. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, and I think you alluded it to this earlier, it is very lonely. You can feel very siloed out there. And that's fine for that person who loves to just work by themselves. But like you mentioned, most of us really do like the feeling of having a team, being able to raise the flag up the flagpole, so to speak, and get some help from one of our team members. So, I franchising brings to someone for sure.
2: I I agree. It's huge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So the final question here is, what do you think the future of franchising look like?
2: Straight up, uh, you know, I'm, i I cannot understand people that open something and and it's I think most independent businesses that open don't understand what they have in front of them. It's hard, right? It's, I've, it I've started up quite a few myself. I, I've started up quite a number. It's really hard. It's so much work. It's, it's gratifying when you're successful, but it is a ridiculous amount of work. And if somebody else has already done that amount of work. Uh, so uh, based on that, I, I really think the future of franchising just continues to, to, uh, to look brighter and brighter. When you think of the exit, You know, we all are going to exit at some point. The value of a franchise is multiple to the value Mm -hmm. of an independent. It Mm -hmm. just that there's just that alone is enough, uh, you know, to Mm -hmm. to want. Now, I will still add, though, Linda, you and I both know, even though we're both in this industry and, and, you know, to some extent have some biases there, maybe. But uh, I still add it's still not for everyone there are still people that are, they're just independent. They're loose. You know, right. I would call them a loose cannon kind of almost. And and they're wonderful loose cannons. And yep. there's certain people that should be independent on their own and do what they want when they want. And, uh, and, and they'll probably do fine. You know, they'll, they'll be fine. But uh, I would say by far the majority are going to be a lot better served within a franchise uh, kind of a system.
1: Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, David, I would love to have you back on the show shortly after the first of the year. Folks, I didn't mention this, but this is um, December the 11th of 2020. We're wrapping up this uh, 2020 year not sure that it's going to all be behind us once we turn over the calendar to 2021 but it has been a year for us that's for sure but i would love to bring you back on the show after the first of the year and let's talk a little bit more about some of the other offerings that m3 linked uh, has because it's more than just a mastermind group and we kind of focused on that during this show but I'd love yeah. to hear some of the other features as well.
2: Terrific, love to do it, Linda. Uh, I am, I, I, I have friends that are already retired. I will never retire. A good friend of mine's quite a bit older than me. He's in his 80s, not retired. Happens to have a lot of money. Doesn't need, you know. Certainly could retire anytime he wants. Uh, one day we were chatting, and I said, I said you must have lots of friends obviously that are out there playing golf every day and going for lunch. And so And he cut me off, he said, yeah, I feel sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, business is just, it's just exhilarating. This is so energizing. Yeah. All these great ideas, these wonderful people, you know, all the, all the good things they're doing every day. I'm in awe of our franchisees yeah. and the candidates, the people are coming in. I'm in awe. It's just, it's phenomenal. So anytime yeah. anybody wants to talk a little business, I, I'm, I'm up for it. I, I love it.
1: Awesome. One more time, David, if somebody's listening and they want to know more about the opportunity with M3Linked, where would they go?
2: Uh, M, the number three, linked, L-I-N-K-E-D, dot com. M3Linked.com has pretty much got all the information. And if they want to contact me directly, happy to, happy to have your email, david at M3Linked.com.
1: Wonderful. David, thanks again for being on the show. I so enjoyed our conversation and look forward to staying connected with you for sure.
2: Linda, it's been my pleasure. You're wonderful. You've got a terrific show here. such a this is this is a tool for people. <laughs> so good for you. Yeah. Thank you for what you do, and, uh, and uh, pleased to come back anytime.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, folks, you know there's so much that we need to know when we get ready to run a business. And that's why David was saying that sometimes um, an independent business owner can struggle a little bit more because I'll tell you what, when I left a 30-year corporate career, I didn't know what all the moving pieces were. A franchise has all of those moving pieces in a box, and you don't have to figure it out the learning curve is much shorter. So as always, I'm going to leave you with a quote. This is a quote by Oprah. Surround yourself with people who are going to lift you higher. That's exactly what the M3 linked groups will do for you, is it will lift you higher. That's what we're looking for, is to be a better person at the end of the day. Folks, thanks so much for being with me on All Things Franchising. Look forward to seeing you next time.